0: Hi, I'm Jill Sylvester, licensed mental health counselor and author of the self-help book, Trust Your Intuition, 100 Ways to Transform Anxiety and Depression for Stronger Mental Health, and the young adult self-help fiction novels, The Land of Blue and Devon Dream Agent Book One in the Devon series. Each of my books deals with the theme of intuition, because for me, it all comes down to listening to and trusting your own inner voice, the one of your best self, the highest self, in order to live your best life and also to trust that voice and develop it in order to help and serve humanity. Hi, welcome to this week's podcast where we're going to be talking about a topic that I talk about in session a lot, which is soul contracts. And soul contracts are those really challenging relationships that we have that can bring us to our knees. And um, or at the very least, cause us a lot of angst. And so I want to talk, we won't go into huge detail like I would normally in a session with people about it, but I do want to talk about it because it comes up a lot, again, in my sessions, but also because people ask me about it and have asked me to talk about it here. So I'm going to do that today. So soul contracts, it's our purpose what I believe are our purpose in relationships that go beyond the apparent relationship. So, you know, beyond the typical partner to partner, mother, daughter, boyfriend, girlfriend, friend to friend, it's about the reasons that we have a relationship with somebody. Oftentimes when they're difficult, doesn't always have to be difficult. um, But what brings us together in the name of, of growth. So, one online definition that I got of a sole contract is that there are, you know, people we meet for a specific reason, a reason that we have yet to discover and often don't understand until after the relationship has fulfilled its purpose. Um, so, you know, I talk about this with people who have gone through divorce people who have gone through breakups and friendships. Um, I talk about it a lot with parent to child relationships because those can be often very difficult uh, ones. Um, You know, when you feel like you have a child that's, you know, tough or you feel like, um, you know, you're repeating the patterns, let's say of your parents and, you know, one of your children, you know, brings that out in you. So, so, Relationships are everything, and when we choose to look past the illusion of what's happening, the difficulty, um, you know, just the back and forth, and the and the you know quote unquote problems that that happen in relationships, and really start to explore the potential reasons why we're going through those things that's when we can start to understand more about what a soul contract is and why it serves us in our life, um, why they serve us in our life, these these people, these relationships. So let's talk about some examples. One famous example, if you've followed Wayne Dyer, who's, who's deceased now, um, but if you've read any of his work, he often has talked about the relationship he had with his dad. Um, His father had walked out on him at an early age. Um, Wayne had lived in foster homes most of his life. He talked about how he just had a lot of anger toward his father. And it finally drove him to go to his father's grave and tell him in order to release it. And the moment that he did this, the moment that he you know, forgave his father essentially for causing all kinds of problems in his biological family and caused him to live in foster homes and the whole bit, he went on to write his first breakthrough book. And he talks about how that relationship, once it healed, one person being passed in this case, um, but him coming to that understanding that his father's you know, seemingly difficult choices had led him to be the powerful, influential teacher that he was when he was here and still continues to be through his work. Um, That's a soul contract. So he came to an understanding of what his father's life and his choices did for his own growth. So that's one example. Here's another one. I have a client whose dad had gambled his family's life away basically Um, he grew up loving his dad idolizing his dad but as a result hidden beneath the surface that didn't you know really come to um, come to light until he was an adult raising his own kids that he had a real fear of losing money, even though he had a lot of it. So he had to work through that, you know, the love he had for somebody, but realizing over time that his dad's choices weren't his own and that as a result of his father making really poor choices around, you know, financial decisions for his family, this particular person, my client, had come to be a really good provider for his family as a result of going through what he did so again a soul contract um having a difficult relationship with somebody where it serves a purpose another example so we don't keep dissing on the dads i i I have a few actually teenage girl clients who are in relationships um with partners that probably aren't the healthiest for them and in in one of the examples um I've talked with this person about this uh, boyfriend of hers who constantly makes excuses about his lying and, and pretty aggressive behavior. And this person keeps taking him back. So over time, though, we worked through her opportunity to be able to. Stop being that rescuer archetype, you know, and believing in someone's goodness, though, of course, I'm sure it's there and recognizing that she needed to kind of rescue herself from the situation. This is a very, very common, uh, common dynamic with young people and also people who are married and people who are in long term relationships, which is why I wanted to use it today and to be able to recognize the lesson sometimes that happen as a result of going through pain so that we are brought to the place where we start to realize what we do want from what we don't and that's often the contrast right we we learn from the things that are difficult in order to decide and set a path ahead of us of things that, that we want to happen for ourselves. So, you know, for the lesson for this person was to gain self-respect and to set boundaries and to be able to, you know, create better things for herself moving forward. Um, And this is, you know, the other example I wanted to give because one, again, it's, it can, it can come up a lot. um, But also in the contrast, when you have a soul contract, and and we can often have soul contracts that are good. We have, you know, we learn from people. Every single relationship we're learning from someone. And a lot of times they're they're very good things, but oftentimes they're not. But we can still learn things from people. And that's that's what I'm gonna challenge you to think about if you have a relationship in your life that is challenging you, that's really causing you angst, maybe even causing you just really explicit uh, and implicit pain. And when you start to rise above it, so to speak, and look objectively as best you can in a situation that you're in to be able to kind of see what perhaps is really going on, that's when you can start to shed light on this darkness And be able to choose something different for yourself. Again, in the contrast of what you're experiencing is where you can create a choice or a doorway out. And when we come back, we'll get into breaking down these areas, three areas um, of a soul contract and how to rise above it. This week's sponsor is Revive and Company. They are located at 208 Main Street in Weymouth, Massachusetts. Revive offers breakfast all day, revitalizing salads, pressed sandwiches on fresh five-grain bread, power bowls made to order, flatbread wraps, smoothie bowls, house-made juices. And these are just some of their delicious offerings. Dairy-free, gluten-free, and vegan options also available. I always get the veggie Powerball when I go. It's greens, warmed veggie confetti, hummus, rice, quinoa, balsamic dressing, and it's so good. I also get the super beet juice with apple, beet, cucumber, celery, lemon, and ginger, minus the cucumber and the celery, because that's just the way I like it, and it is awesome. Try it yourself and see. For more information, visit reviveandco.com. That's R-E-V-I-V-E and co.com. Okay, so soul contracts. Let's talk about three steps that we can take to recognize if we're in a soul contract and what we can do about it so that we can put it in a better frequency so that we feel better about it because soul contracts can bring a lot of pain and a lot of discomfort. So first step is to think about a challenging relationship that you might have right now. So maybe this is a difficult parent. Maybe it's a difficult child. Maybe it's a difficult partner. It could be a friend who talks behind your back and makes you feel less about yourself or makes you feel self-conscious when you're with them. Um, typical scenario of a challenging relationship or a soul contract is that you complain about it a lot. You talk to someone else Um you know, and and try again and again and again to get a different result, but the same thing keeps happening over and over and over, and you wonder what you're doing wrong, and you often give your power away, and you start to, you know, we, we get in that victim place where we think, you know, why do they do this? Or why don't they like me? Or, you know, why does this keep happening over and over? And this is when the shift can happen. Because once you get to the point where, like the old saying, you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, this is when a shift can happen. And you can stop and think, what is really going on here? And when you do that, you can start to reflect on how the relationship makes you feel. And then start to think about what your personality versus your soul wants to do about it. So, example... Your personality probably wants to maybe cry, maybe get angry, maybe get in a fight with this person, maybe tell them off, or maybe, you know, submissively try again in the vein of giving more of your power away in order to win them over. You know, I don't know what the certain situation is for you. But our personality or the ego wants to fix it. It wants to resist it. It wants to change it. Our soul, which is the next part, so we'll say part B of this first step, is to stop and check in with your soul, your highest self. What does that energy have to say about this relationship? And this is the question, this is the time where I'll I'll ask the question to my clients of what if this person, whether you're going through a divorce or you're having a difficult friendship or, again, the parent-child or whoever it is, what if this person was in your life to get you to the point where you say to yourself, I can't do this anymore. I need to take my power back. I need to stop living in this chaos. I need to stop settling. I need to expand my horizons. What if this person was in your life to get you so uncomfortable that you finally make the decision to move, to, do, to take some kind of action step so that you get out of the situation you're, you're in and enter a new space for yourself. And when I ask that question with people, and I cannot tell you how many times this has come up in session over, over the past decade, that's when the light bulb goes off. Because it presents a choice. It widens the lens, so to speak, where instead of just being in this difficult relationship with this difficult person and doing the same thing over and over again, there's a shift that happens where we can start to explore other potential opportunities. So when you get to that choice point, to that decision, that's when we move into step two. And step two is What does it feel like you need to do? Now that you know there's a choice that you can make, you don't have to stay in this relationship. Even if you're a parent, there are, you know, different ways of dealing with with your child or if you're an adult child with a parent. You don't have to stay in this relationship or at least not the same way it was before. So so you get to the choice. Step one. Step two. You start to ask yourself, what does it feel like you need to do? Like, for example, what my one of my clients said to me earlier tonight, um, I'm recording this podcast at night, was I feel like I just need to be by myself. I just need to think about what is right for me and to get really quiet, shut the noise out and start to think about what's right for me. So so. This is what a soul contract relationship can bring you to. That place where you feel like you need to do something, you just don't know what to do. So this is where I'm encouraging you to think, what do you need to do right now? And beyond thinking, feeling, feeling what you need to do right now. So maybe something inside you is screaming for you to start speaking up or maybe to say to somebody, I need to take a step back right now and just reevaluate my life. Maybe that feeling is that you say nothing, that you need to say less. You know, maybe you need to take a time out. Maybe you need to step back on your own and, and journal it out or exercise it out quietly until you come to a place where you feel like you can make the next choice. Soul contracts don't have to be this finite thing where you never see this person again. Kind of you make, you know, that kind of choice. It can. It, it, it definitely often can. But it can also be these simple, quiet, just steps in the direction of growth. And that's the point of any soul contract is growth. It's where this relationship is taking you. Soul contracts are always about our growth and development, even when they're not conscious of what they're doing and we're not conscious of what's happening. You know, it's not like the other person is like, hey, I have direct orders from God to be a colossal pain in your ass. You know, they don't, they don't know what they're doing. They're just operating from their personality. But I believe that we're brought together with people... In the name of growth, both for them and for yourself. And when you can start to explore your feelings beyond the discomfort, like really start to understand, you know, what these relationships are bringing you to, that's when you can say, oh, you're in my life to make me stronger. You're in my life to get me to finally use my voice. You're in my life so I can set better boundaries You're in my life so that I can start to forgive myself for some of the choices that I've made or to, you know, learn to be flexible or whatever it is. You really start to look at the potential opportunity beyond the difficult relationship that you have with them in order to grow. And when you get to that point where you can feel what you need to do, And then act on it because that's the thing you need to do when you have the feeling. It's not just knowing you need to do something or acknowledging it. It's then taking that step, being brave enough to take the step in the direction of growth and development so that you are capitalizing on this soul contract and doing what you know the universe you now know is guiding you to do. And that's where gratitude comes in. And that's the third step. It's when you get to the point where you can say thank you. And that doesn't mean always publicly. You know, you don't always have to verbalize it to this person, especially if they're, you know, a really difficult, negative, toxic person. You know, you say thank you. They're going to be like, what? But you say thank you to this person, whether it's in a letter that you never send or maybe it's a letter you do send or maybe it's just in your journal to yourself, or maybe it's in your prayer time, or it's on a run, or, you know, it's it's just this quiet acknowledgement of, thank you for being in my life, because if you weren't, I would have never done XYZ. I would have never started this business. I would have never created an empire if we didn't get that divorce. I would have never learned to stop being a people pleaser if you didn't break up with me. I wouldn't have learned to forgive myself if, you know, you didn't act the way you did or be a better parent if you weren't the parent you were to me, et cetera, et cetera. This is where the blessing comes in, being able to acknowledge and be aware of and bring to light. The pain that you've had from relationships in your life to understand that it's brought you to a higher place where you are a better partner, a better a better friend, a better colleague, a better parent, a better child because of those relationships. This is when you can say thank you. And once you do say thank you, whether it's to the person directly or it's, you know, again, quietly to yourself, that's when the magic happens, that's when you can take a giant step forward in your healing, in your growth, and your energy will be more powerful than you can even imagine for yourself today. Questions that came up this past week, how do we deal with a difficult teenager? So the brief answer to that, because that is a loaded question, um, it's a tough stage. It's a a real tough stage. So the first thing intuitively I thought of was self-care. If you're a parent, that's that's dealing with a belligerent child. um, And I'm not really sure what the scenario was because the email didn't say, Um, but you need to set boundaries definitely for yourself. And I would say, you know, talk gracefully, set the tone for what you want. If you're grace, if you're calm, if you're peaceful then your child is more apt to respond to the energy that you set forth. And the only way that you can be graceful and calm and peaceful is if you practice good self-care. So when I say self-care, that doesn't mean you go away for a week to the spa. Um, It's not about running away. It's about practicing strong self-care every single day so that you're better able to deal with that situation because you're taking care of yourself. And remember, your child is doing exactly What he or she needs to do to get you to grow and develop, too. Second question was, now that I am back to work, I can't really exercise the way I did over the summer. Any ideas or tips? Um, Can't really are the key words that I see here. Yes, you can. You can do something every single day the same way that you can eat good or bad foods or you know watch TV versus exercising. Everything is about choice. So your schedule may not be the same as it was this summer, um, but you can certainly make the time if it's important to you. And really, it's that simple. If you know exercising is something that you value in your life, And it's going to absolutely be directly related to having strong mental health. Uh, It's going to help you in everything you do from raising your endorphins and your serotonin level, um, you know, keeping you in shape. But it brings so much value to your life that, you know, I would strongly encourage you and anybody who's listening to make sure exercise is a part of your life. And there's always time. So... You know, if you can't do your regular hour and a half workout, let's say from the summer, then do push-ups every every day or do abs a few days a week or some days you set the alarm to wake up early and add that cardio in and other days you sleep in and just do some toning or some, uh, you know, some strength training, whatever speaks to you, but do something every single day. And before you know it, you're back on track and you've created a new routine for yourself in a new season. And the third question that I received this week was, I need to stop addictive behavior and I am afraid of letting go and I can't do it cold turkey. So this person didn't say what they were struggling with, but it's all the same to me at this point, truly. I've come to see addiction as nothing more than gremlins trying to hold us back from becoming all that we can be. And if you aren't strong enough to stop whatever it is cold turkey, which is really, really hard, then take small steps and embrace little victories. And I think this is the most important thing. Um, so let's say, for example, it's sugar, because I think most of us struggle with a sugar addiction. Not everybody, but I would say most of us. So, you know, instead of just saying, all right, I'm going to do the whole 30 and I'm giving up sugar and, you know, that's the end of that, you know. For most of you, for us who have done the whole 30, like, you do it, it's really hard, you get through it, you feel amazing, and then you go back to eating sugar again. So think of it in terms of, let's say Monday, you don't eat a lot of sugar after coming off the weekend. And then maybe Tuesday, you allow yourself to have, you know, whatever your vice is. And then Wednesday, you don't have it again. And you challenge yourself to kind of just... Take little steps in the direction that you want to go in. Instead of all or nothing, you do a little some days, maybe more on Saturdays, maybe less during the week, or maybe sugar comes in the form of fruit some days. And then maybe, you know, you save candy and cake for, you know, Friday and Saturday or Sunday or whatever it is for you. But what's important is to celebrate the victories. So you know, congratulate yourself for not eating sugar on Mondays or for having just a little on Tuesday or, um, you know, cutting back and making making little changes in your schedule as opposed to all nothing, no sugar, too much sugar. You know, so often we focus on how we how we didn't do it or how we, you know, lost the battle instead of, wow, I only had one piece of cake today instead of, you know, three, or I only had two cookies three days this week instead of two cookies every single day. Watch how you talk to yourself. When you speak positively and own your wins, your gremlins will shrink in size over time. Feel the power of that choice and keep moving forward because we do have soul contracts with our gremlins too. know this and march on. I'd like to end with this quote from Deepak Chopra's The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success, which I felt was really fitting with with the subject matter of Soul Contracts. It's on page 93 in the afterword. We have stopped for a moment to encounter one another, to meet, to love, to share. If we share with caring, lightheartedness, and love, we will create abundance and joy for one another. And then this moment will have been worthwhile. If you like today's podcast, please hit subscribe and share with your people. And please check out my books and products at www.jillsylvester.com, where you can sign up for my weekly blog to receive tips and strategies to deepen your intuition and live your very best life. Thanks for listening.